players gather to cast powerful spells, some of the oldest and the most powerful in the history of Magic the Gathering. Near Battlesphere, Sphere of Resistance, Shield Sphere, and many others. Battling head-to-head -head in brutal combat, they all have one thing in common, to uphold their legacy and the search for eternal glory. The Eternal Glory Podcast is brought to you by the minds behind Bosch and Roll on YouTube, Thurabian University, and TheEpicsFirm.com. This episode is sponsored by Sparks Law, a business transactional law firm owned by Eternal Magic Community member Jonathan Sparks. Hello, and welcome to episode 117 of the Eternal Glory Podcast, Judging the Commander Ban List. We've already recorded 30 minutes of introductions and banter for the week, available in our supporter-exclusive pre-show. Check out patreon.com slash eternalglory to gain access, or join as a YouTube member for the same content on YouTube instead. There's some really interesting stuff in the pre-show this week. Some illness, woes, and some shade being thrown at a, a current release. As always, I'm Phil Gallagher, aka Thraben U. I am Brian Koval, aka Boston Roll. And I am Brian Cook of the Epic Storm. If you want to check out that 30-minute pre-show alongside new Patreon subscriber Skylar E. Welcome, Skylar, and all of our existing supporters. Shout out to all of you. And this episode is brought to you by Sparks Law, a business transactional law firm owned by Eternal Magic community member Jonathan Sparks. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or gig worker looking to start your own company, Sparks Law can help with partnership agreements, contract reviews, intellectual property protection, or any other business legal questions. If you want to shape your business strategy with a fellow Eternal Gamer, reach out via email to jsparks, that's J-S-P-A-R-K-S, at sparkslawpractice.com, or call 470-268-5234. And if you want to advertise to over 10,000 Eternal Gamers every episode, reach out to us at theeternalglorypodcast.com. We're always accepting new sponsors. And now, Brian has a very special message for one of our fans out there. Yep, this came from a fan. It is around Valentine's Day when this one came out, so I'm going to read this poem that came from a fan. Thember chodes are red, gilded drakes are blue, but my favorite creature, that would be you. Harrison, will you be my Valentine? From your partner, Ray. That is a sweet message from one of our fans to another. I hope it finds a heart. I hope Cupid's arrow find its target. Let's get ready to get the heat from our audience. Folks, we are coming in hot this week. Last week, the Commander Rules Committee did a major update to their website, and now you can click on any card that is on the Commander, the EDH ban list, and you can see a short description of why it is banned. We, three eternal gamers, are going to evaluate the Commander ban list, and we're going to see what makes sense to us, what stands out to us, and probably get yelled at you all for saying your favorite card should or shouldn't be banned, and we'll just kind of see how, how this goes. We are not uh, here saying, like, this is how you fix your banned list, you've got it all wrong, us three white guys who are middle-aged and have a podcast know everything. That's that's not our intention. We, we want to have some fun today and kind of see what we think of this. I play a ton of casual EDH. Bryant one time tried to build a casual EDH deck. It didn't go well. And uh, Brian plays a decent amount of casual as well. Kind of the the fun here is we want to approach this like one of those like Yu-Gi-Oh player reads magic cards for the first time kind of thing where it's like, do you think this is good? Does this make sense to your sensibilities uh, without being like fully engrossed in the thing? Basically, like we're not going to say anything is right or wrong about the commander ban list, but we are going to compare commander sensibilities to legacy sensibilities and just see what discussion falls out of it. I mean, I might say one or two things are wrong. I, I want to stand for a couple things on this list. I'm more likely to attack the legacy ban list during this than the, the commander ban list, but we'll see where it goes. Oh yeah, that's totally fine too. All right, so I've done some grouping of these on the website. It's in alphabetical order, but I've tried to put these in somewhat of a narrative order, and I figured the easiest place to start would, would be with the cards that are restricted in vintage. Yeah, maybe, maybe a lot of those don't belong in commander. One thing that I found really interesting, which 
I knew to be true because I played Commander in like 2007 and I heard this said by like Sheldon and folks back then, but it's really cool that it's enshrined in writing now. I'm going to just read the part of this paragraph from the official RC website. That's rules committee, by the way. Ancestral Recall was originally banned for poor optics rather than power level. While it's plenty powerful, it's the effect on perceived barrier to entry that really posed a problem because casual players watching Commander games in passing could reasonably assume they needed hundreds, now thousands, of dollars in Power 9 mana as table stakes just to join the format. And that is the same description. It's basically copy-pasted, filling in the card name, on Black Lotus Ancestral Recall, all five original Moxin, and Time Walk. I actually think that's really astute and clever, because if you're planning on playing a nine-plus turn game, like a lot of these casual commander tables are, Soul Ring taps for the same one mana a Mox does on turn one, and then it taps for twice as much as a Mox every turn after that, and Soul Ring ends up being more powerful over 14 turns of a game than Mox Ruby does by a lot. And the fact that Soul Ring is legal, which... I mean, might be one of the most controversial things there is on the the commander ban list because that card's dumb as shit. The fact that the Moxen are banned and Soul Ring's not, that's literally just because the Moxes are rares and Soul Ring's not. Yeah, and if we start talking about power level as well, CEDH right now is like buck wild. It's an incredibly fast format, and I don't know how insane it would be if you gave it this additional steroid shot in the arm uh it it would not be okay so i think on the optics i think they've got it you know down here and on power level beyond that outlier soul ring aside you know they they know what's up here right and this actually is a conversation that came up like a couple times on twitter uh, among the the people who just can't resist impossible discourse where it's like how good is ancestral recall really in a format as powerful as cedh and we're going to try not to skew all of our thoughts into cedh like casual edh too like ancestral recall there's plenty of ways to draw three cards in commander you have to overcome three opponents not just one one mana draw three is obviously busted but like honestly i think it would mostly be fine if somebody casts that at a commander table i'd rather see ancestral than soul ring out of my opponent honestly yeah of of the cards in this category here I think Ancestral is much weaker than Time Walk or Black Lotus or any of the Moxen within the context of EDH or CEDH. It's also interesting because if you look at historical values, Time Twister is always seen as not really Power 9. Like, yeah, it's a Power 9 card, but like people will be like, oh yeah, I own Power Minus Twister because who plays that? And then Twister ends up being super expensive nowadays because it's legal in Commander, but for a very long time it was the joke piece. Yeah, uh, among like normal magic cards that just came out of packs, Black Lotus is the most expensive one. Time Twister is the second most expensive one. That is the list right now of magic cards. And it's because one of them is legal in Commander. But it and it's I wonder if Time Twister cost what the other power did in 2001. Would it have been on this list for bad optics too? It probably should be if that's the... And we still have Windfall and Wheel of Fortune and Echo of Eons. There's other ways to draw seven. Maybe Time Twister should actually be banned for consistency's sake on these optics. Though now they're on the opposite end of the hook where it's like, I just spent 5k on a Time Twister, you're going to ban it? And then it's back to a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. I feel like wheels are a weird subject in edh and cedh and kind of different things within those two fields like there was a lot of discourse uh around cedh maybe a year ago where it's like is casting a wheel in cedh actually good what is your win percentage after you cast a wheel like people were very unsure about it and went on a very large data rampage to try to gather some degree of statistical information to back up claims yeah i mean when i stepped into the cedh space and started i just copied a stock list of tim necrom i cut windfall after one game and then i cut time twister after like five more games this past weekend uh we played a cedh tournament i cut my wheel of fortune too i'm down to zero draw sevens the wheel goes in and out it's probably like my 101st card right now like having access to one if you just have a demonic tutor and you need to convert it into some big swing somehow having an effect that does that is worth it I, i'm not impressed by those effects in competitive commander at least I play a Wheel of Fortune in one of my casual EDH decks. 
the reason that I play it is I got a price that was too good to refuse on it, and I slotted it into my deck. That's my reason for playing it. I don't particularly think it's good or powerful. It's just a thing that I could do. And I was supporting charity when I bought it. So, you know. I'm going to take my first shot at the legacy ban list here, too, since we're talking about poor optics. Why the hell is Earthcraft still banned? And every time that a ban list update is announced, I always tweet, like, is it time to release Earthcraft? And then I get many comments that are like, well, it doesn't really make sense at this point to unban a reserve list rare. Is it just banned due to bad optics of asking legacy players to own another reserve list card? Because I don't believe for a second that Earthcraft is more powerful than like Grim Monolith or any of these other reserve list rares we have access to. I, I'm not buying it. I agree with you. Oh, yeah. Ha- hashtag free Earthcraft for sure. For the record, there are 45 cards banned in Commander and there are 63 banned in Legacy. So there are actually more cards legal in Commander than there are in Legacy. Let's group three more cards together now. These are cards that are also restricted in Vintage and are pretty dumb as far as power level is concerned. Time Vault, Tinker, and Talarian Academy. What I would do for Tinker to be legal. I'm just throwing that out there. Like, I would pay a lot of money to be able to play Tinker in CDH. I'm just like, I love Bolas's Citadel. Tinker into Citadel is one of my favorite things in Magic. Let me do it in Commander. Come on. I promise it won't be that broken, right? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, you say that when you're on the Tinker for Citadel side. When somebody tinkers for, what's that six mana dragon thing where it's like spells cost two more and everybody loses a life every time? Uh, that would be God Pharaoh statue. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, God Pharaoh statue. Yeah, when someone tinkers for that, Brian's going to be like, why is Tinker unbanned? Yeah, Tinker's obviously just a bunch of horse hockey. Uh, that's also banned in Legacy uh, and restricted in Vintage. I have no objections to this card being banned. Time Vault, also same thing. I believe that would also dovetail into the bad optics of how expensive that card is, but also just... Infinite turns is so easy. In- infinite turns possible on turn one, no. Yeah, it's easy, it's boring, no thank you. I will say, though, I was playing Talarian Academy in Commander before it was banned. Updated list. It actually tells you the the ban date as well. Uh, And it was banned in June of 2010. And I was playing Commander in like 2008, 2007 is when I learned it exists and really started getting into it. So I had a couple years with Talarian Academy Commander, and it was as dumb as you think. It should have been banned the whole time. They eventually figured that out, but holy smokes. Yeah, that card was real dumb. Do you know that Manamo... School at Water's Edge can untap any legend, not just a legendary creature. Let me tell you, we did that. I played back then as well, and Mind Over Matter was a really big one with both Azami and Tularian Academy. That was a very, very popular combo back then. Brian, you might disagree with me here, but when Tinker was banned, it honestly wasn't very good. Uh, because like one of the best things you could get was Memory Jar at the time, which didn't feel like it was that high power level. It was either that or like Gilded Lotus. And I was like, why are they banning Tinker? Nowadays, with more broken artifacts, I can see why. But at the timing it was banned, I was just like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, is Memory Jar really more powerful than Time Twister? But as time went on, you know, more new printings happens and ended up working out. Well, you also got like Sundering Titan in there as well, uh, which is another offender on this list later on. Right. So uh, let's read it because we have the ability to do that. This is... From the the RC website, Tinker was banned in March of 2009 in Commander. Tinker's ability to get high-cost artifacts into play in the very early game often results in games ending extremely quickly or being locked down to the point where players cannot interact meaningfully. Because Tinker's power is tied to artifacts that are being cheated into play, its power increases in time as artifact designs become more powerful. So yeah, they knew that. Uh, every Everything you just said, Brian, like, they didn't know if Bolas' Citadel or God Pharaoh's statue were co- or Blightsteel Colossus were coming. But, I mean, they they had the sense to know that they could be. And Phil just mentioned Sundering Titan, which is also banned, but wasn't banned until June of 2012. So you could totally take her for Sundering Titan in 2009 and mess up games. Uh, I can see why this card should not exist. I'm not going to argue about Taker at any point. All of these cards that are restricted in in Vintage here, you know, we we probably don't get to, uh, you know, meaningfully advocate for like a potential unbanning. Although uh, I I see someone has gone in on the notes on the last one. The last one in this category is Flash. And I think I'm going to read this card. So uh, one colorless and a blue. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you do, sacrifice it unless you pay its mana cost reduced by up to two. So essentially what this card tends to do 
is let you cheat in something that is way too big. Oftentimes, something that is a combo enabler, uh, such as a Protean Hulk, and you can go and just kind of win the game on the spot for two mana. Let's read the entry here. Uh, banned in April 2020. So this is actually one of the more recent commander bans. Flash effectively allows the players to evoke a creature from their hand for one in a blue. Many other formats have recognized that the mechanism that Flash uses to do this prevents meaningful interaction. Worse, because Flash's power level is tied to creatures that are being cheated into play, its power increases over time as creature designs become more powerful. Like Atraxa, uh, a card that I have flashed into play as recently as two months ago at Eternal Weekend. Flash is in my vintage deck. It's restricted in that format for good reason. And I would play more if I could. Uh, but yeah, Flash. I mean, banned in Legacy. GP Flash, famous Legacy thing that happened in the past. Uh, deeply toxic metagame, horrible tournament. Steve Saden won it with a deck that he didn't know how to play. Uh, he was like 4-0 or something when someone told him, okay, show me the combo, and he couldn't do it. Everyone had just scooped his flash resolving up to that point. That's a true story. And yeah, that card's stupid. However, I think there's a really interesting thing about flash in terms of the EDH ban list, because flash is not a card that would often appeal to casual players. And there's a lot of cards that are really powerful in EDH, like Thassa's Oracle, Underworld Breach, Dockside Extortionist, that tend to self-select for the power level that they belong to. Like a casual, if you sit down at a casual pod and do like Dockside or Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation, they're just going to call you an asshole and play with someone else. It, it Like you don't get to do that, even though it is legal, but Flash... There was not really a casual appeal to Flash, but it was extremely powerful in CEDH. And this was slightly before my time in the CEDH circles, but there is a pretty heavy underlying feeling that this was the Commander RC who says that they don't ban for CEDH making a CEDH ban. And that's just something that's out there in the in the culture. That I think is really interesting. That was also a little bit before my time, but as I've had it explained to me, it was a lot of politicking would go on. And they'd be like, Brian, you can't go for the win because if you go for your flash win, then Phil's going to go for his flash win. And now I have to stop both of you or else the game ends. And it's like, there would be like, okay, so we're all just going to rewind and no one will cast their flashes. All right, we'll pass. I'll play a Thrasios. And then Brian has to promise not to play flash. So there was a lot of like that stuff going on that was not fun. But also, uh, don't do that. Just cast your flashes. This card could be legal. Well, so, yeah, all that is true. But one of the really uh, common things that comes up, uh, Jim from the Commander RC, the same person who linked us to this updated ban list, or not updated list, but, you know, the, the updated website the other day, he made a post about how the Commander RC is not interested in managing a CEDH ban list. To me personally, it is important that CEDH is EDH. I don't want to play Canadian Highlander or some other community-led 100-card singleton vintage format. I want to play EDH with the regulator off. The, the conversation about what power level are we playing is, C. we are going nuts here. Everything is legal. We're trying to win. And I like playing low-power Commander too. I don't want to play a format that has its own ban list that is managed separately of what casual commander is deemed to be okay. And the card flash, by all accounts, seems like it was fine to not even played in casual commander, but a huge problem in CEDH. And this, if there is one, is the uh, little wink acknowledgement that the commander RC might actually be willing to ban for CEDH play. In the hypothetical world where Dockside eventually eats a ban, it doesn't eat a ban because of its power level at the casual table. It eats it for its power at the high power CEDH tables. Because let me tell you, I, I play Dockside in two casual decks. It's fine. And that's all it is at a casual table. I had Dockside in my casual Corvold deck because Corvold goes so, is so perfectly with treasures because you just make a mana, you draw a card, your commander gets bigger. I found two modes of Dockside, which were this doesn't do anything because casual players are casting rampant growth, not mana crypt, or 
this is so unfun that I would feel bad to cast it. And I ended up just cutting it from the deck. It, you, it can self-select, which, you know, Flash seemed like it also did self-select. All right, let's talk about some creatures now. And we're going to lump this first group of creatures all together under the same umbrella of these would probably be banned as commander if that was a thing that still existed. Commander is trying to have a band list, not a band list with a bunch of asterisks next to it. So let's lump five together. Braid's Cabal Minion, Arayo, Soratami Ascendant, Golos, Tireless Pilgrim, Raphelos, Lanawar Emissary, and Leovold, Emissary of Trest. Right, so again, old man talking here. When I started Commander, there was a band as Commander list that Raphelos and Braids were on. You could put those in your 99, you could not put them as number one. And they streamlined the ban list to just say, you can't play these cards at all, which, you know, is nice for bookkeeping. But I also think basically every one of these cards would be fine in a 99 instead of as a commander. I have a hot take here. I think Braids being on this list is a joke. I understand that casual players don't like sacrificing lands, but like killing a choo-choo is not that difficult. It's really hard to lock three other people out of the table with a braids in my opinion like yeah you could dark ritual her out but eventually you just go okay i'll pass and then braids will eventually remove herself as well i just feel like this is one of those old-timey things that some people that played in the rc group might not have found fun so they just got rid of it but if it was unbanned today i doubt it would even make a splash i think this is a perfect ban and i am like the biggest you know pox stacks fan in the world i think having braids on the ban list sends the sort of message like this is the sort of thing that you socially shouldn't plan on doing in commander like on power level metrics yeah you're right this is an embarrassing thing to have on there on power level metrics but socially like showing up with braids sucks for everyone else involved yeah but like brian said earlier you just go okay cool you did your thing we're not going to play with you anymore that is something you're allowed to do at the casual level right and this this is a part of the commander ban list that is not part of the legacy ban list obviously where they send signals to people by banning the most egregious version of a thing like primeval titan is on this ban list we'll get there in a little bit but like uh there are plenty of ways to search your deck for lands that are not on this list there are plenty of big creatures with enters battlefield abilities that are not on this list there's telling you we don't want you to do this this efficiently, like in this way. Maybe that's not even a good example. Like, uh, oh, um, the the best example is Sway of the Stars, which is just a, a big stupid sorcery uh, that resets the game. And there's a bunch of big stupid sorceries that reset the game, including Worldfire, which became unbanned like in the last couple of years, which in many ways is very similar to Sway of the Stars. But one of them's banned, one of them's not. And I think that it. Well, I don't think I know. It is their philosophy that they just put the biggest, dumbest one on the ban list and say, hey, don't do this. Whereas if we're talking about legacy, imagine like you can have I'm, I'm just looking at the legacy ban list right now where it's like they give you like Dreadhorde Arcanist or they ban Dreadhorde Arcanist and expect you not to play with Ragavan, Renin 6, Kitaxi Probe, Deathrite Shaman. It's like, yeah, don't put these in day shells. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, it, that's that's not how it works in competitive formats. Whereas, I mean, having access to braids in your your opening hand every time, especially now they've printed like jeweled lotus and shit. It's it's annoying. I can see. I understand though. Like from a competitive standpoint, I would not mind playing against a braids where it's like this is a fun puzzle for the table to solve together. Like how about we all just skip our land drop for two turns, like Bryant said, and until the braids has to sack herself, and then then who's laughing? But also, you know, we could just not do that. I think the best example of this is this card has the slicer problem where like, how do you build a casual slicer deck? The answer is kind of like, you don't. It just always ends up being incredibly warping and highly competitive. I think Braids is going to have this same issue. Like, how do you build a Braids deck that the average person at MagicCon Chicago is going to have fun playing against? And the answer is like, you don't, so you're on the ban list. So I would like to go back to Sway of the Stars for this for a second. I was actually going to mention this underneath the Biorhythm section, but since we're already talking about Sway of the Stars, if you resolve a 10-mana sorcery, you probably deserve to get to mess things up. I'm just throwing this out there. I understand the biggest and dumbest is banned, and they, for some reason, unbanned Worldfire, but 
if you're resolving a 10 mana sorcery, like Insurrection, so of the Stars, whatever, like you get, you deserve to be able to end the game. Uh, I know that there's a lot of farewell talk going around Twitter today, but like if you somehow manage to resolve this giant thing, like cool stuff should happen. And I think resolving Sway of the Stars would be infinitely cool. This isn't cool. It does not end the game and it obliterates an hour to an hour and a half of gameplay. It sucks. Yeah. So like that, that's the important thing. Like, let me read Sway of the Stars. It's eight blue blue so 10 mana sorcery each player shuffles their hand graveyard and permanents they own into their library they draw seven cards each player's life total becomes seven this is reset the game this is not fun or cool world fire this is six red 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 nine mana sorcery exile all permanents exile all cards from hands and graveyards each player's life total becomes one if you're like some low resource burn deck or something that could play or you like suspend a couple of bolts or, you know, whatever, put some stuff on suspend, then you world fire. That could be cool. I think that's uncool too. But Sway of the Stars, it's literally just, you know, that game we've been playing, it's over now and not like in a fun way. I, I would literally rather lose to somebody and play a new game from my starting life total than have a Sway of the Stars resolved. So in both of the cases of Sway of the Stars and Worldfire, the idea is to make a bunch of mana, play these powerful, you know, expensive sorceries, and then play your commander and end the game. Like, you want to do it with floating mana. That's the idea. Yeah, but is the average player going to play it like that? Like the average casual player who owns one or two EDH decks? No, that's not how that's going to happen, Mr. Broken Storm player. What's going to happen is they get to 10 mana, they get excited to cast their Sway of the Stars, and the game restarts. The game doesn't end. Originally, I was going to save it for Biorhythm, because Biorhythm actually does end the game, unlike Sway of the Stars. Fuck my show order, Bryant. Here we go. Six green green sorcery. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures he or she controls. Beautiful card. I have played against Biorhythm. I played a lot of casual 60s back in my childhood, and I've been Biorhythmed before. I've been put to one or zero uh, from what seemed like a stable board state. I've had people cheat this out early uh, in a variety of ways where or ramp into it. Uh, like a bunch of mana dorks biorhythm is a plan in casual 60s. Like You could beat the whole table with that. Like you just have five creatures because you're playing all the land or elves and stuff. And then you just play this on turn five or six and blammo, game's over. That was fun. I'm probably closer to agreeing with Bryant than with the ban list, though I, I could see how this would be suddenly unsatisfying. A one card combo that kills the whole table uh, from any life total. I could see why it would be unsatisfying, though. I mean, from my spike perspective, I wouldn't mind it. I have played with and against Biorhythm. I would be okay playing against this card. I think it is occasionally very fun in the same way that losing to an insurrection is occasionally very fun, where it's just like, all right, I've got this overwhelming board presence and oh God, 10 mana card swung the game. You know, I'm okay with that happening from time to time, but I wouldn't want it to happen every day. I think it also rewards things that you want Timmy magic players to be doing, like putting lands and mana dorks into their decks instead of mana crypts and soul rings and whatever like it rewards gameplay that a lot of people don't want to do because it doesn't seem as powerful so you're giving them a powerful tool yeah i'm not anti-biorhythm I, I think that's actually fine eternal glory seal of approval on biorhythm yeah that, that one's fine uh, so in the early days of commander like late 2000s one of my local friends built joyra of the get to from time spiral or she's from future sight and that's She's one blue red, three mana for uh, two two. For two colorless, you can exile a non land card from your hand, put time four time counters on it, and it gains suspend. And the play pattern of this deck was resolve Joyra, suspend and obliterate, and then suspend like two or three other things. And the obliterate would come off, destroy everything, and then the next turn, those two or three other things would come off, and then they would win the game on the empty board, which is kind of the play pattern that. You were describing with Sway of the Stars and Worldfire. And I'll tell you, like, we saw it coming. We knew what that was about. And, you know, after a while, it was like, hey, can you play a different deck? Going out of your way to build a strategy around a commander that does a thing a certain way, I can get behind. But I also see why maybe every single blue deck doesn't need access to Sway of the Stars if some dummy just wants to cast it with no real plan. All right. I want to talk about one of the other cards in this section. Rafelos Lanawar Emissary. 
uh, 2-1, tap to add one green mana to your mana pool for each forest you control. I dearly love this card, and I think this card would be okay. I say this specifically because mono green commanders suck. Like, name me, name me one good mono green commander. For a while, Azusa was a CDH deck. When I first started getting back into CDH, it was a popular commander. But when I started leaving CDH, or well, I guess it really wasn't CDH then, it was just Powerful Commander, would be like 2014, 2015. And Mono Green Azusa around that time period was a pretty popular deck, at least in the Northeast. People were just ramping out Trastodons and stuff on turn three. I don't know. It depends on what you think is powerful, but Azusa is good. That said, I do think that like Rafelos is a classic mono green card that people would love to play. And it rewards you for putting lands onto the battlefield. Like that's what magic is about. So I'd be okay with it. Yeah. So like when I think about mono green compa- like commanders, it's very hard for me to name one that is reasonable. That is not linked to the elf creature type. Ozuri is okay. And then like you have Marwin and Savala that are kind of, big mana things that are both pretty underwhelming and beyond that you start digging to like original omnoth locus of mana as mono green commanders and the most the two most popular mono green commanders according to edh rec are finn the fang bearer which is poison counter adjacent and Ayula, queen among bears for your bear creature type deck give them give the mono green players the king Give them the goaded Rafelos and let them do their big 10 mana green sorceries. Yep, I'm not out on Rafelos either. Uh, I would I would be fine in a world with Rafelos. And once again, like any other thing, if your friend has a Rafelos deck that is always has six mana on turn three, eight mana on turn four, and you can't beat it, no matter what you do, you can ask them to play something else. And I, I don't think Rafelos is nearly as offensive as Braids. And I already said I would ultimately be fine playing against Braids. I do agree with Araya, Golos, and Leovold all being banned. I think that those decisions make sense. The next card was Sundering Titan. We've already sort of covered that with our Tinker discussion. I understand from a casual power level, getting all of my lands destroyed twice not being very fun. Casuals, am I right? Yeah, fuck Sundering Titan. I'm off it. Emrakul the Aeon's Torn is the next card on this list. Uh, I was playing when this card was legal. One of my friends played her as his commander, and which was an interesting deck building thing because you don't get to play basic lands. You have to find lands that have for colorless because Emrakul doesn't have a color identity that you can attach a basic land to. Uh, I guess we had... This This, this was pre-Wastes. Or, yeah, Wastes came out in... Wastes was like five years later or something because this was original Rise of the Eldrazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really interesting. There was no basic land. There was no waste at the time. And I thought that was cool. However, the idea of just, you know, every mana rock and buzz, 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 15 mana, and then somebody's out of the game because time walk plus annihilate six is GG. I can see why Emrakul is not in the format. I enjoyed this as a card in the 99 a lot. Like I played it as a finisher in a green ramp deck. And it felt perfectly appropriate there. But I can understand how having access to this just every single game in your mono mana rock deck could be a little rough. Um, I think it's fine to stay in exile. Yep. I still like a Kozilek or an Ulamog in a casual deck as like a way to mitigate against mill strategies or... If the game's going to go super long, just having some top end thing that you can either discard to get your deck back or actually draw for or vindicate something on a big body. I think those are fun, but Emrakul is probably over the line, especially as a commander. To make Phil upset again, I would like to go a little bit out of order here. So there's another card that was banned during a similar time as Emrakul, and it's it would be unjust to not mention them in the same breath. Channel was also banned in 2010, because at the time you could channel into all of the Eldrazi. And as someone who played during that time period, it was miserable. Phil, it was not fun. I know you love your big green creatures and whatnot, but that was not cool. Nah, man, fuck Channel. That crosses a line. So Channel also left during the Eldrazi heyday. Yeah, that makes sense. Channel's crazy, and when you get 40 life to channel into, like, Channel's busted at 20 life. I'm also out on Channel. Good call. So the next one is Grizzlebrand. Yup. Grizzlebrand is really good, and having access to a consistent draw 7 in the command zone, in addition to a large life-linking body, real good. 
No, what do you mean draw seven? I thought we started with 40 life. You mean draw 35? You can do some similar things with, with Crick, uh, but there's a lot more jumping through hoops involved to make that work. One of my forays into trying to break EDH in the early days, uh, I had a mono black storm deck where I had Zhao Dun, the one-eyed, as the commander. Spicy. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, you, just a regrowth in the command zone, and that deck was already busted. And I had that deck together when uh, Avacyn Restored came out, and I was like, oh, buddy. Uh, I got to do that for like two weeks before that was banned. Uh, they quickly realized that thing's not okay. And much like Grizzlebrand not being okay, I own a Shield of Ameria in a format that is defined by the colors that decks are allowed to be. Uh, you can't just splash for removal for I own a Shield of Ameria, and a monocolor deck is just out of the game. So that was also banned. Are we going to argue about this too? Here's what surprises me about this. If you had told me it was banned in 2009, I would have believed you. It was not banned until 2019. Wow. Holy shit. Really? That's crazy. It made it 10 years. I can't believe that. Like looking at the description, it kind of shocks me. Yeah, that is bonkers. I'm surprised by that number too. Uh, I cannot remember ever playing with or against this card in Commander. Maybe we were just too nice to each other. But yeah, 2019 is the reported Band-Aid on that. Yeah, I remember playing with this like very early on in my Commander days in like 2010, 2011. And then I never saw it after that. Like, I think that was on the people are like, hey, this probably isn't cool train, even though it wasn't on the ban list for a long time. And then it got formalized. Lutri the Spell Chaser. This one has a special ban. It's banned based on the nature of the format, not due to any power level, because commander decks have to meet Lutri's requirements anyway, uh, unless you're playing like persistent partitioners or something. But uh, normal decks have to meet Lutri's requirement and your companion is still an extra card in commander you get 101 cards if you build around a companion lutri would have just been a completely free card for anyone in a is it color wedge and they decided that that is not cool or fun and they actually banned this before it was even legal and i mean i agree with that again i think if there was a banned as companion category lutri would be fine in the 99 or even as commander but uh, they don't do that so it's just out all right, the next card is fucked. Prophet of Crufix. Oh my god. This card was the bane of my casual tables. Like, I remember just being miserable on the other side of this. Yes, I. one of my uh, decks, like, right out of college was Rico of Two Reflections, and Prophet Same. of Crufix went right into that baddie. And yeah, this card's real dumb. Uh, it is uh, Seedborn Muse and... Uh, Falcon Ori? Is that the one that gives all your spells flash? Yeah. Yeah, not cool. I can see why it's not okay. And let me tell you, if I was allowed to have two Seedborn Muses in my deck while playing CEDH Kinnon, I'd never lose. Like, oh my god. Would not be okay in CEDH right now. And it was broken enough at a casual table. Yes, even at the, the high end in CEDH, anytime there's a Seedborn Muse in play, I'm I feel like I'm losing every turn that passes. And Prophet of Crufix is just that plus additional. <laughs> All right. The next one we probably don't have to say much about, Hull Breacher. Like, we, we kind of glossed over Leovold just going like, yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Hull Breacher could not be your commander, but it's so good, so mana efficient, and swings a game incredibly hard in your favor while denying opponents a lot of normal casual resources. Too good. I've seen some people on Twitter arguing about whether... Uh, Rissic Study and Mystic Remora are too powerful for CDH. And I've seen the take of, well, just unbanned Hull Breacher. I don't want to live in either world. I don't want to have to deal with Hull Breacher being legal, but I also don't want to deal with Mystic Remora or Rissic Study being banned. So I'm pretty happy with our current world that we're living in. Don't change it. Yeah, it's really weird because like Mystic Remora and Rissic Study kind of suck at a slow casual table. Like everyone can just ignore it or pay it and wait it out and like you don't draw anything. And at the CEDH table, it's incredibly warping and often leads to draws and mid-range hell. I wouldn't be sad to see them go, but I think it's real hard to justify a ban of those cards. So tying this back into Legacy a little bit, Hall Breacher is from the same set as another two and a color 
Flash creature, Opposition Agent, who the internet melted down about when Opposition Agent was previewed. Like, people were big mad. Like, this ruins Eternal formats. I will not play with anyone who registers Opposition Agent in, in like, Casual Commander. This is going to break CDH, everything, blah, blah, blah. And Hallbreacher was just kind of quietly previewed a couple days later to not much applause. And turns out Hallbreacher's way the shit better than Opposition Agent. And actually ended up getting banned. And it's literally from a commander set. This card was printed for commander and ended up not allowed in commander. All right. The next two cards are are a pair. The big green lovable creatures, Primeval Titan and Sylvan Primordial. Now, I was I was playing a ton of commander in Primeval Titan's heyday. Like that was my primary format of the time. And I can tell you when this card was banned, it fucking deserved it because every one of my casual games came down to play prime time, copy prime time, blink prime time, reanimate prime time uh, in that like cabal coffers is a king. Uh, lots of extra planar lens mana doublers. The card was too good and it did just absolutely draw the entire game around it. I was also playing a lot during that time period. And let me tell you, Phil. We had the opposite experience because I was the one casting primetime and I was heartbroken when that card was banned. I was like, I'm just going to throw out this entire deck. I'm not playing green anymore. I was so distraught. Like they took away my favorite thing about an entire color. Yeah, I, I was playing mono green uh, Omnoth Locus of Mana. That was my favorite card in the deck as well. Yep. It was in Rico of Two Reflections, like I mentioned as well. Uh, like, and that's the problem. Like everyone who was in green just puts this card in their deck and it it homogenizes deck building in a way that's like crazy powerful it it's not even a one shot like if it stays in play it keeps doing it if it gets copied or reanimated it does it more and the primeval titan searching for herborg cabal coffers was the end game of a lot of decks i don't mind seeing primeval titan gone i think it is much safer on power level now than it was 10 years ago or whatever it's been now uh, Sylvan Primordial is actually way scarier. Oh yeah, this card's real stupid. I'm gonna read this one because a lot of our legacy listeners probably don't know it. It's five green green, a six eight avatar with reach. When it ETBs for each opponent, destroy target non-creature permanent that player controls. For each permanent destroyed this way, search your library for a forest card and put that onto the battlefield tapped. So you could junk at worst three lands and at best three of your opponent's permanents while ramping three times. Uh, this card was messed up. Yep. And once again, we talk about, we talked about it with Sundering Titan, with Primeval Titan, uh, etc. And that's only talking about if somebody pays seven mana to do this one time. If they accelerate this in any way, if this happens on turn three, and then everybody has two lands to your five, and they still have to deal with this idiot. And then if they kill it, you reanimate it. Or if they try to kill it and you blink it. Uh, yeah, this one... This one gets a lot of eyebrows raised from competitive players. They're like, LOL, really, this idiot? If you've played any commander at all, this thing is deeply concerning. I think it's important to remember, especially like I am a hyper competitive person. The commander ban list is not tailored towards CDH. It is tailored towards an enjoyable experience at the casual level. And I understand that goes a little bit against what I said earlier with braids, but I, th I bet that there's tons of people out there that are like Phil that love pox that would be so excited to have braids. But I don't think there's that many people out there that are like, hell yeah, Sylvan Primordial. Like, those people just don't exist. Yep, I agree. Seven mana spell, like, why why don't you just, like, play a counter spell or whatever? Like, yeah, sure, but also, this card's real dumb. Like, you could you could convince me, like, yeah, we could take Primeval Titan off the ban list. Like, I, I would listen to that argument. I you could, you could take Sylvan Primordial from my cold, dead hands. Like, that was... I've, I've been right of replication Sylvan primordial one too many times to ever forgive that card. Yeah, because it turns out it protects itself by blowing up everyone else's lands and sets up your next play by giving you all your lands. See how that works? Primeval Titan also fits in a space that is similar to Modern Splinter Twin, where you have people for over a decade that have loved this card and just want to play it again and it doesn't really have a home anymore and giving it that home and commander would bring a ton of people into your format which would ultimately be very good not that commander probably needs to be any bigger because it's already just like the biggest thing in magic but it feels appropriate power level people want to play with the card it seems like the perfect space to me but you're just not allowed to do it which is really odd 
I would push back by saying that it's in a top modern deck that has remained a top modern deck through multiple bans and printings. Yeah, Amulet Titan is a primetime deck. For some reason, I was stuck thinking about the red-green deck, but yeah, Amulet Titan is very good, but it just seems like a good space. You're right. I'm wrong. Let's keep it moving. We've got one more section left here. Uh, We don't need to spend much time on Caracas. Yeah, I'm just, we're not going to say words about Caracas. It should be very clear why that card's not allowed, Commander. Uh, Next is Library of Alexandria, which has the awesome confluence of both being bad optics, because even in the early days, this was the like 10th power nine card. And also it's busted. Like I think library is better than any Mox, Lotus, or Soul, maybe not Soul Ring, but like Ancestral Time Walk. Library is probably better than those in the average casual commander game. I think if Library of Alexandria was not on the restricted list, that this would be in Commander Precons and it would be medium. Wow. Hot take. Yeah. This was going around on Twitter yesterday. I think the average commander deck spends very, very, very little time at seven cards in hand. And I I think this card wouldn't even be that good at a casual table. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I don't think we have time to unpack this. I think this card is nutso busto and would lead to some of the most boring play patterns imaginable because... Like I said, I have come from a casual 60s background. You could play library. You could play four libraries if you had them. There weren't rules back then. And let me tell you, when five people around the table all lead on library and say go, that's not a good experience. Yeah, but that means they're not playing soul rings. They're not this turn. They'll play them next turn from their nine card hand, Phil, and their hand will be seven cards for the rest of the game forever. I'm leaning more towards Brian being correct here than Phil. Phil, I think that Brian may be a little too exaggerated in his beliefs, but I am way closer to Brian than I am you on this one. That's okay. I wanted to be a little contentious. Let, let's move on. Yeah, two against one. Let's. This is the one that I have the strongest opinions on. If there is one, if we were actually going to relitigate the commander ban list, yeah, give me gifts ungiven. Yeah, what are you doing? Come on. Let me read this, okay? Uh, ban in 2009. I am so upset about this. Gifts low blue invest- investment makes it splashable, and the instant speed means that you can use it at the most opportune time with a lower chance for countering for interaction. The ability to tutor up to two combo pieces and two ways to recur them generally makes this a one-card game ender, even the most casual play as a double tutor. Yeah, guess what's also legal? Intuition. Like, instant speed, one mana less, you get two cards, you get Underworld Breach and Sylvan Reclamation, game's over. But, like, gifts and given like I was just talking about with Primeval Titan, has a ton of modern players that loved Gift Storm that want to be able to play this card in their favorite format. And you just can't do that. And there's a card like it that's legal that you just can't play. The one that is legal instead, costs three mana instead of four, is a reserve list card instead of not being a reserve list card. Also, can can one of you tell me what Gift's low blue investment makes it splashable means in EDH? You can't splash. In EDH, you get your commander's colors. That's it. Could, could I have been putting this in fucking Corvold the whole time? Like, what is what does that even mean? I'm not buying it. Yeah, that's what I tweeted about that. I was so angry. So what the thing that I do buy here is the last sentence. Even in the most casual play is a double tutor. If you have played truly casual EDH, where it takes people like four minutes just to draw their card, make a land drop and pass. The idea of watching the average unwashed barbarian in a command zone resolve gifts ungiven, like paw through their whole deck, choose four different cards. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Oh, actually. And then they put one of them back and then they start thinking about it again. After that resolves, someone else having to choose and then all three players being like, no, no, give them those two. No, don't give them those two. I might want to ban it just based on that. Like, that's bad. I mean, that's not Gibson Given's fault. That's the average person's fault. Phil is literally crying right now with laughter. Like, I just saw him wipe a tear from his eye at the term unwashed barbarian. And I've been trying not to crack up, but Phil is literally dying on the floor over there. <laughs> oh, all right. This one stays banned. You've convinced me. No. Unbanned gifts. Unbanned gifts. Listen, if... If these dummies are going to take that long to resolve, like, cultivate, why not just let gifts happen? Who cares? (laughs) Give it to us. Now, the one that we should let happen is Recurring Nightmare. Fuck you. I love this card so much. 
this is just the most iconic casual like cube card to me this is like play around with creatures with etv triggers i i love me some recurring nightmare i think this card's fine oh i i think you are incorrect this card is basically unkillable uh because of how priority works and creates game ending loops basically like very easily with a bunch of stuff i was actually on a another podcast for a while called eternal of hot takes and every episode we did the council of the band where we argued over whether a card should come off the edh ban list and the recurring nightmare episode i went in pretty hard like we we found so many things to do with this card that were not fun and cute and creature trinkety but like end the game instantly kind of stuff and i don't think this card is okay or reasonable i think that if this card was unbanned you would get a lot of people that like to play pauper Tortex type decks. They'll go, okay, well, I'm going to sacrifice my Llanowarth and I'm going to get back Eternal Witness. Eternal Witness will get back this. I'll then replay my Recurring Nightmare, sacrificing the Eternal Witness. And like that would be the average gameplay. Hello, Alex Allman. Yeah, How are you doing to tonight? Alex. <laughs> I hope you, you aren't hurt by that impression that Brian just did. That was apparently how you sound. Well, like, that's the thing about a lot of these cards, right? Like, if Primeval Titan gets two forests, it's fine. But if Recurring Nightmare gets, uh, like, Kodama of the tree that then shits the Recurring Nightmare back into play, and then you have, like, an infinite loop already, like, this is just an unkillable engine. In 1v1, things are tighter. You you might be able to kill off, like, enough of their creatures that they can't get it, or you, you just, like, sideboard in some graveyard hate. How about you can just never kill your opponent's best creature? How about that? Do you like that? Because it's coming right back. And that's talking about if they have three mana. If they have six mana and they're like nightmare flip a thing, nightmare flip a thing, and they do it twice in a turn and you're just getting buzzsawed by ETV triggers. I don't think this card is actually okay for what we're talking about here, though I do think it is perfectly okay and frankly close to unplayable in Legacy, which is where it belongs. All right, let's talk some artifacts now. The next one is Panoptic Mirror, which we probably need to read. What a joke of a card. This should not be banned. All right. Five mana artifact with imprint. So imprint X and tap. You may remove an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost X in your hand from the game. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may copy an imprinted instant or sorcery card and play the copy without paying its mana cost. Uh, so the idea here is you imprint your time warp or whatever under this, and it becomes sort of an engine for infinite turns, like a much slower vault key combo. Yeah, I mean, Phil just nailed it. This is vault key with any time warp. I mean, if you put Wrath of God under this, no creatures for the game. I don't know. I, I, I played... Or, no, I didn't even get to play with this card. This was banned in 05. They were onto this before I got to the format, and this card seems miserable. Yeah, I think it is hard to do something fun with this card. On power level, this is kind of an embarrassing rate, and it's incredibly slow. But, you know, if you ask, like, is this going to make Commander better if you unban it? I think the answer is no. So I think you just went over the thing that I'm fine with. So this is a five-mana card that has to live, and then you have to be able to untap and then play that card with your five mana. So yes, you could imprint a time warp, but that means that you spent 10 mana that went undisrupted. There is no naturalized, there is no counter spells, nothing. And I think that's perfectly fine. Like resolving your 10 mana spell and having it go through. I said that about Biorhythm, but this is one that can be disenchanted or Elvish, uh, I can't think of the naturalized elf right now, but there's so many things that interact with this that I believe that it's fine. There's a lot of cards that if commander players were committed to playing interaction and appropriately assessing what's going on at a table, uh, you can make that argument for. Uh, I, I do appreciate the argument of 10 mana should win the game. I'll buy that. However, there's a lot of tables where 10 mana doesn't come close to winning the game. And uh, I don't know, like, I understand that they have to ban for everyone. But yeah, th this does seem like... I mean, another thing, though, is you can play Panoptic Mirror and imprint Preordain and then just preordain every upkeep as you build up a game. And then it's like, at some point, you talk like a Supreme Verdict under it. And then like, now you can preordain or Supreme Verdict every turn. And then like, eventually you find a time warp and now you're infinite. Like, it's not just one thing. You can imprint any number of things and then pick 
one to cast every upkeep. I can see why this would be boring and repetitive. I, I can also see 10 mana should win the game. It's also not Paradox Engine, which is the next card on here, which is currently in a tier one or slightly beyond that legacy deck as like a three of and like results in you playing with yourself for a very large amount of time uh, instead of playing with your friends. Fuck that card. I understand Paradox Engine being bad. It is not a fun card because like you have to sit there and watch someone for a very long time do something and it's just kind of miserable like i understand engine me ban like it's just not a great user experience thing and it's not guaranteed to win the game like an infinite turns is it's like maybe i will but you have to see and watch me for 30 minutes yep agreed that card sucks all right we are over our time here let's sprint through these last ones i honestly think the tail end of this is going to go very fast because a lot of it is the same thing again and again yes and i was just gonna put balance and limited resources in the same pile together balance it pays out the person who's losing and then makes everyone lose on the same like speed that they are which generally means that the player who's losing is now at parity and not because they caught up because everyone is now losing and that is the experience of playing multiplayer with balance and then limited resources let me just read this one because it's so stupid this is the dumbest four player card ever yes uh single white enchantment a one man enchantment when limited resources comes into play each player chooses five lands they control and sack the rest as long as there are 10 or more lands in play players can't play lands yeah cool all right uh so i got to three lands first i guess i win nobody else gets anything yeah that card sucks obviously banned for good reasons we talked about channel already next is fast bond i think i would be okay with it but i'm also a hyper competitive person i can see how this card would actually ruin casual games this card is often not going to be okay when paired with a commander i think it's very easy to look at fast bond and go that's fine and then all of a sudden someone's commander draws a card when they play a land and all of a sudden it is immediately not fine i i think this one probably belongs on the banned list because it results in someone just immediately snowballing to an unacceptable level maybe as soon as turn one yeah, the uh, Tatiova Benthic Druid is a commander with landfall, gain a life draw card. And yeah, I mean, that's what I had in mind. Yeah, like there, there's a bunch of commanders that are in that vein at this point. And I, I think that if we account for a combo engine piece starting in your opening hand in the form of your commander, fast bond's probably not okay. And also starting at 40. Like you even just like fast bond play three extra lands, never use it again. You're pretty far ahead at basically no cost. So I'm out on fast bond, even though I would love to build around it. Next is upheaval. I think a lot of what we said about Sway of the Stars is going to end up applying here. Things that air quotes end up restarting the game and invalidating a large amount of play end up not particularly being fun. And a lot of times if you invest in an upheaval, you don't you end up further ahead than everyone else, but not enough that the game just ends. Right, and this isn't a card that sees legacy play, but it is a big vintage cube card, and the play pattern is get out ahead, float some mana, upheaval, drop some stuff onto the empty board, like Bryant described for Sway of the Stars, and that's it's really hard to kill three players, even if you do use upheaval responsibly, and the average chimp with a machine gun out there is just going to cast upheaval discard 20 cards and pass the turn yeah let, let's not let that one out into the loose next is yogmoth's bargain i mean that card's busted at 20 life we should not have access to it at 40 even bryant can't argue with that should be unbanned in legacy though should be unbanned in legacy card stinks yeah it's fine in legacy yeah that might be true uh while we're unbanning cards in legacy what the fuck are we doing with mind twist unban that give it to me give it to me inject it in my veins let me dark ritual baby yeah go <laughs> dark, whatever that is like this next one I'm willing to stand for. I think it is a joke that Coalition Victory is banned in Commander. That seems like the epitome of a casual achievement that you want to unlock that would make people super happy. But you just win with one card, right? You have a five-color Commander, you cast Coalition Victory, and the game ends. That fucking sucks. No, it's a seven-mana sorcery, and you your Commander has to live. There's so many things that have to go right for this to work. Like, I think it's It's fun. an eight-mana sorcery. Let's be, let's fast fact-check. It's three. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Three plus Wubberg. Yeah, you're right. We've had this conversation already about some of the other cards. Uh, like, it, it's in the biorhythm camp of, like, do you think your seven mana spell with a condition should win the game? Clearly, the Commander Rules Committee has determined that a single spell should never win the game. Uh, even if it does cost seven, even if you do have to control more creatures than your opponents in the case of biorhythm, even if you have to have a five color permanent in the 
form of coalition victory. And all the basic land types. So you have to meet two different requirements. Right, right. I mean, that would happen if you cast it, probably, because it doesn't say basic lands. It's basic land types. Like, even if you're fetching duels, uh, you get there pretty quick. Uh, so I think Biorhythm and Coalition Victory are actually the same card on the ban list here, or at least have the same philosophy. And if you believe in them, you believe in them. If you don't, you don't. And that is what it is. Uh, the next one is Shaharazad. Starting sub games, you know, kind of rehashing the same things we, we've already said. It doesn't actually win the game. And it is a logistical nightmare. I have played against this card. And after I played against this card, I did not want to play Magic anymore. Like, I, I stopped playing Magic for a little while after I played against this card in casual. It was miserable. Yeah, this one was banned in September of 2011, which means I had a few years where it was legal in the format. I think everyone who was playing at the time had some jerk in their playgroup who was their goal was they had like Jeskai Sharazad and their goal was to fork it and twin cast it and copy it and just make as many Sharazad games as possible. And I'll tell nobody has to worry about it anymore because it's banned. But the secret to playing against Sharazad is you instantly concede the sub game because the time and logistics to win that sub game is not worth half your life total. And then you just keep playing magic. It's just fine. I can see the sub game. I take five. But yeah, fuck that card. All right. And that brings us to our final one on the list. Uh, note that we left off the manual dexterity cards that they weren't really worth talking about. Uh, that is Trade Secrets. I'm going to read this one. It's a little weird. One colorless blue blue for a sorcery. Target opponent draws two cards. Then you draw up to four cards. That opponent may repeat this process as many times as they choose. Right, this card's really interesting. I looked at the commander ban list closely for the first time probably four or five months ago, and this was the most surprising card on it to me because it seems like exactly the type of thing you want to be doing in commander. And also, it was originally from Onslaught, but it was printed in the first round of commander precons as well. This was clearly a card identified at one point as what commander is about because Wizards of the Coast put it in their commander product, their flagship original commander product. Then it was later determined, maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, this was banned in April of 2013. And the principle was cards which interact poorly with the nature of the format, as it's a cheap spell that allows two players to collude, draw unlimited cards, then box the other players out of the game. And yep, I'm not going to argue with that. I remember playing with and against this card uh, in like the time where it was printed in those commander precons. I don't remember it being that warping because everyone I was playing with had enough sense to just say, we're not going to repeat that. If you don't have that same experience, it turns into like a weird, like double consecrated Sphinx issue real quick where you absolutely warp the game incredibly. Yeah, this uh, this is in the right place, probably. Yeah, like another aspect of this card is at three mana. Like if you just jam this on turn three, what are you doing with all those cards? Just discarding all of them? So you have a perfect seven card hand going into turn four. Uh, like that's not really a good use of this card. And your opponent you're targeting gets access to their cards before you do, because they're going to untap all their mana before, because you've just cast at least, spend at least three mana on this. So unless you have a plan to go infinite if you draw these cards or uh, a reliquary tower in play or something, which is something commander players love that sucks. But if you have that sort of thing. We're taking shots on Reliquary Tower. You are going to get the whole pad podcast canceled. Yeah, whatever. Come after me. <laughs> it is not a good card. It, it, I can see the appeal in a format that's all about resource acquisition and not using them efficiently. I don't want to discard cards either, but that card sucks unless you're going off with trade secrets. All right. So as we reach the tail end of our discussion here, I want to point out that of the, I think we talked about what is it, 43 of the 45? We only agreed on two of them. We agree. We all agreed on Rafelos, and we all agreed on Biorhythm. That was it. Wait, you don't agree on Gifts and Given, Phil? You're out of here. No! You gotta go. No! Uh, you know, Brian talking about his unwashed barbarians, like, it, you know, it sold me. Like, we, we can't. It's too dangerous. We can't unleash that to the general public. Yep, chimp with a machine gun. That is many of the things on this list, and I think Gifts... Whatever joy you would get out of building a one card gift or one part card breach pile instead of having to like figure it out with multiple cards, 
uh, you you lose the first time you see someone cast that who doesn't actually have a plan for it. But you would never do that, Bryant. So, but Phil and I, we do interact with casual commander players at events, and it's it's tough out there sometimes. No, so I I, I think this goes to show like what a difficult job the rules committee has in curating a a ban list. You're gonna have people coming from all different walks of commander playing at different levels of competitiveness, and you have to build a ban list that is going to work. For all of those various people, I I don't envy that job. I think that is a very tough job, and I think they catch a lot of flack for it. So I hope you understand that like our discussion today is meant to be an intellectual one, kind of exploring what's there and looking at the reasoning rather than, hey, you did this wrong. Uh, but if we are saying, hey, you did this wrong, give us Earthcraft and Mind Twist. It's embarrassing at this point in Legacy. And, you know, if, like, you're being generous and, like, you want to give me Splinter Twin back in Modern, like, I won't complain. That's probably fine, too, honestly. <laughs> no, I legitimately think it is, but that's a whole nother episode. Like, I'm going to have to do my homework before we do that episode. Got to make my case. Okay. I miss you, Splinter Twin. It's Valentine's Day. Take me back! Okay, so so let's put a cap on this. Uh, Earthcraft, Mind Twist, Splinter Twin are coming back. Commander Bandlist, actually pretty well managed. Good job, Commander RC.